Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of April 1, 2013. This is episode 188, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, or the healthcare marketing firm that has put on this podcast for the last three years. Sorry to say, this is our last podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I mean, you're I stuck with us that. three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the last one we're ever going to do. <laughs> Joining me today on this fateful day Jackie Ritaco, account manager with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Creative something. We're going to be sad to see her go, aren't we? Yeah. Me? Not you. Jackie. The oh. podcast. <laughs> well, you said like her. Sh- I know. It's just like a ship. You refer to like, it in the oh female God, I'm done. persuasion. <laughs> she was a good one. But we've decided to close it up. That's what I would name my ship. If I had a ship, it would say persuasion across the back. Nice. Crystal Cro- blue persuasion. The <laughs> my ship's rump. Crystal blue. You guys don't seem very sad that we're shutting down the podcast. Because I know it's false. <laughs> Somebody had to give it away. <laughs> I tried April Fools. I think anybody bought it. Is it April Fools? Oh. <laughs> so what? So what did you think I was doing? If you didn't know it was April Fools' joke, I don't know. Trying to be funny. Trying okay. to be funny. Not succeeding, but trying. Well, it's probably it funnier now that you know it was an April Fools' joke than just some lame <laughs> attempt at being funny randomly. Oh, Monday is April Fools. Okay, I'm just getting up to speed here. It's okay. <laughs> it's an off day for me. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a tough podcast to get through. Not because it's the last. It's not the last. That was April Fool's. But there, we've got some really Hurdy. incendiary topics today yeah. that I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna restrain add, myself as we go through them. I'm going to put an explosion sound effect in right at, as you say oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Maybe we should have a censored on this or something. We should like explicit. An, yeah, explicit. Because it's going to be hard to keep the <laughs> swears from flowing. <laughs> All right, so some news. Uh, forums coming up. Forum, yeah. what, what's the official title? The Healthcare 18th Marketing. National Summit for Healthcare Marketing Strategies. Yeah. May 5th through 7th at the Westin Kierland in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start with the, the best part, Jackie? Remind people what's the best part of the whole conference. The best part is the cocktail reception <laughs> <laughs> that we will be co hosting with Medicom and Eruptor. That will be Monday night. I believe that's a six from six thirty to eight thirty. So after the um, exhibit reception, I believe, and we actually just found out the name of the room. We have code word Cushing. Cushing. <laughs> it's the Cushing room. Yeah, lobby level for, for branding at the bar. For branding at the yes. bar. Yes, I didn't get to that part yet. Might so. I might I quickly add that there is no better lineup of hosts than the three just mentioned at any of these events: Interval, Medicom, and Eruptor. I mean, if you want a freaking party, that's a good time. That's going to be had by all. Those are, those are the hosts. <laughs> those are the hosts at the event that you would want to be uh, hosting your shindig. Mm-hmm. So it is. Be there or be square. Loads of fun. It will be. We mm-hmm. encourage people highly to go to yeah. the conference, if only just for branding at the bar. You can stop in, but we encourage you to stay because you could have the chance to win one of three iPad Minis. That is so awesome. It is. Yeah. That and minis be are the, we already we said this before. Minis are the are the future, right? I mean, you don't want those big ass bulky iPads in your hands anymore. Oh, I'd still take one of those, but <laughs> so if you won one last year, you're a sucker. You Got to come, come get one of the new minis given this year. Wonder what happens when they stop making new iPads. Every year we've done brand at the bar, we've been able to give away a new version. But what if they stop doing oh. that? And we're going to switch to a different technology. 
do a Kindle giveaway. Fire. Yeah. Apple watches, <laughs> iWatches, or whatever they're going to be called that are coming out. Whatever. Let's really? not get into that. That just oh, freaks me out. Oh, I didn't know out. that, but let's not. <laughs> okay, well, it's so. Just, it's just speculation. <laughs> speculation. Speculation about spectacles? Uh, what else is going on? <laughs> I'm speaking twice. I'm speaking Sunday. So for those of you who get there earlier enough, I'm actually getting in Saturday, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. What's your room that? number? <laughs> yeah. Party at 208. Do you have a mini bar? Uh, speaking with Susan Solomon, VP of Marketing at St. Joseph Health System in California, our titled presentation, The Critical Value of Brand in a Changing Industry. That's at 2.30. And then this is a long one, Tuesday. Pack your lunch <laughs> for transforming your hospital's digital marketing strategy with myself and Chris Boyer. That's a two-hour and 45-minute tour. Wow. Make sure you take That's a five-hour energy for that the one. The Howells will be there. We got the Skipper and Marianne. Step right up. You should give out five-hour energies when people enter the room. It's, it's a very strong workshop. Right. We've yeah, done it before. And, uh, lots <laughs> or this tiny ship. <laughs> I totally I'm just waiting to talk. I'm, I'm right. What's the next right. part of the song? I don't even know. Okay. Um, you know what else I'm going to say? I'm going to advocate for one more reason to go. Uh, Scott Bedberry is going to be speaking. His his um, presentation is titled Branding. It's not just what you do, but how you do it, um, which, first of all, is a phenomenal way to describe brand. So when I speak to people and I talk about um, brand strategy, the value of brand, and, and actually I'm going, to, I'm going to give credit to um, one of our clients, <clears throat> Sarah Jewell, who we've worked with at North Bay, because she's the one that articulated it in a way that was way simpler than I ever did because we were working on um, some brand strategy stuff and somebody said, well, this sounds like what our strategic plan is. How is this different from our strategic plan or vision? And Sarah said, you know, this is, those are what we're going to do. Brand is how we do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful. And that's exactly what his title is. He also authored a book, um, What's it called? It's got a weird title, but it's really good. A, a new brand world. Get it? Instead of a brand new world, oh, it's a new brand. Oh, yeah. But he was a senior dude at Starbucks, at Nike. He really has a lot to say, and his book was very... Um, What's his name again? Influential on me and how I think about brand. Scott Bedberry. Okay. Cool. And he'll be there. Tuesday at 8. So you wake up early, get some coffee, you go hear Scott, and then you roll into a session on digital strategy. That's worth... Boom. Price after you like, recover from your hangover from branding at the bar Monday night. <laughs> yeah. All right, enough about that. Can we get to these two topics? Oh, gosh. Ready, please, set, go. Lord, help us. All right. So the first is from Becker's Hospital Review, which we like, Becker's. And we also like the article. We like the title of the article Hospitals. They don't market like they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> We like the title. We like the point. We like much of the copy in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> basically, it's, it's if you think of Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital, you could kind of summarize that a little bit about, hey, we need mm-hmm. to be doing things differently, moving away from the same old messages and means and all that. So that's what this is about, and we applaud anybody who stands up and says that. Definitely. I think the, the challenge that we run into is that you really have to mean it you can't just say it and then not do it. And there are examples throughout this article that are celebrated as not marketing like they used to that are pretty much marketing like we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read a quote here from, uh, what's her name? 
Kim Fox, vice president at Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock, which I assume <coughs> is an ad agency. Uh, in the past, we used to talk about ourselves and describe how wonderful our hospital was or how our cool technology, she says, or we'd say we're really, really nice and so compassionate. We'll be so nice to you. It was either high tech or compassion. That's all we ever talked about. And of course, that's a huge part of what we say. You know, my Joe Poe doesn't give a crap about any of that. Right. The challenge with this is she says this in a way that makes it seem like it's, that was the way it used to be. <laughs> And I guess I would unfortunately say that, no, no that's still not. the primary. If you, if you audited all hospital ads right now, I would still say 75% of them are self-promotional. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. That's a conservative estimate, too, I'd say. By the yep. way, it looks like she's from a healthcare public affairs firm. Is that what Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock is? Yep. Healthcare public affairs. Thank you for clarifying that. Sure. Uh... She says a lot of smart things in here. She says she doesn't think people are making their healthcare decisions based on age cap scores. Mm-hmm. On average, it's just not happening yet. I would totally agree with that. We applaud that, yeah. Um, they, they go on to talk about how until we have marketers have a role in leadership circles on the executive committees, it's going to be hard to move things. So there's a lot in this article to like. Um, I think... You know, we go out of our way not to pick on any system or hospital uh, just because that's not a cool way to, to convey our point. And we don't want to come off as snarky and everybody does things differently. And mm-hmm. some folks may find success with strategies that we don't believe in and we're not going to pick on them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the struggle is there is, a, there is a system in here. Maybe I, could, maybe I could pick on the strategy without picking on the system. We've actually talked about this system before, and um, it, it's really not maybe their, even, their fault, though I think they are selling this message. Where I get stuck is this system is being given credit for being different, for being advanced, for doing things in a completely new way. Mm-hmm. Um, the system is steward in Boston. I just said it. <laughs> and we talked about them before because they got a lot of buzz for running a, a national Super Bowl right. ad. What this year was, was that 2011. Two years, two years ago? Yeah. Two Super Bowls ago. Uh, and I, re, I was even quoted in an article about that. And what I said was, you know, it is very unique to run a Super Bowl ad for a health system. Mm-hmm. The message was not unique. The use of TV is not unique. Right, Those right. are not progressive or advanced forms of marketing for this industry. Those are tried and true, old school, traditional ways. And I don't think put, I don't think, Simply being present in a Super Bowl in the Super Bowl is, does not make it innovative, or it yeah, certainly it makes totally. it, it certainly makes it unique. I don't think yes. it necessarily makes it innovative. I mean, not it's, innovative, it's a, but a, for this industry, yeah, it's unique. Give them that. Yes, yes. Um, so where I struggle is, th- so they're cited in this article again uh, for being unique, especially compared to other hospitals in the market. Um, and so they're unique because they had that campaign, which was all about, hey, you've got great care close to home. That was the other thing. I'm like, honestly, that's a unique message. In your backyard. Um, <laughs> and then they, <laughs> this is where I kind of went off the cliff. <laughs> so, so the next stage of this effort is this, or last year, uh, where again, they really went off the reservation with a system titled, I am steward. 
Stewart. I, I can't help it. <laughs> I have held that up as you might as well just go got Stewart. If you want to go cliche, <laughs> I can't stop myself now. If you want to go as cliche as you can, go <laughs> got Stewart, right? Right. Well, I am. That's the most, done a million That times. is the second most cliched marketing line in the I history of Mike. Man. I am, I am whatever. I am I'm trying to think of the other IMs, but those I am Tiger Woods. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I am that Tiger is Woods. not unique. And it's all about how they're committed to caring for their patients and employees. Now, the beginning of this article talked, the, yeah, the, the thing I cited was that's old school. Right. And, and now Compassion we're saying this. Is, and, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And using the most cliched line. Now, I haven't seen it. Maybe they did it in a very compelling or creative way. But honest to goodness. <laughs> Can you, you know what I'm talking about right now. I'm not going to give it away. You know that thing we're working on that's going to come out pretty soon? Mm-hmm. That is something we need to include. Everybody will know what I'm talking about in about a month. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yes, I That's do. definitely an option that needs to be in there. Okay. Everyone's on the edge of their seats now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, people will love it. People will love it. And it will yeah. save us so much money. Think how much money Stuart <laughs> yes. will save. Yes. Yes. All right. Because it'll, it'll do it for you. Okay. Sorry, guys. Is there? Well, can you guys add some before I... I feel so bad because I no. really don't want to pick on anybody. I mean, I think I or we, you know, agree with you. And we, you know, we can't, I'm sure it's very, you know, cre- you know, nicely done and well-produced and all that other stuff. But yeah, it's just, it's tough, the cliche part. But that's, I mean, there are still some good points in this article. There are some good points. Um, <clears throat> see, and they kind of ask for it. Stewart does. There's some quotes in here. Like they talk about what, you know, they've only been around for two years. Um, but then the, in the next breath, they talk about what an amazing increase in awareness of their name they had as a result. 32% increase in awareness. You're brand new. Yeah. So What's nobody knew of you, and right. now they do. Right. That's what would have happened organically. Which is okay if that's, right. you know, if, and we talk about sometimes when you're new, if that's a new system, you do have to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. So give them credit for that. Um, but this is the one that, again, I was already pushed over the cliff, and now I'm falling down a chasm that was at the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> Quote, we've seen just about all of our competitors follow suit with similar taglines like world-class care in the community. At least three com- competitors have created that message in what they're promoting. And what they're doing is saying they're copying us. By say, what? <laughs> by putting out some the, the most cliche messages? They're co- yes, they are copying you by putting out cliche messages. You're right. That's right. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I'm sorry. I know that's kind of snarky, but I, I just feel like if you're, if you're going to talk about being different, be different, whether you're an author or a system, be different. Yeah. You can't totally. follow up with, with saying we're, we really are taking a different approach by running a, a, a mass advertising TV campaign that says, I am Stuart. Mm-hmm. That's, that is as old school and cliched as it gets. So. Um, I bet Stuart has had phenomenal results. I know they're a very powerful system in that market, so um, I'm sure it's working for them. I just, I guess, I buck a little bit about them being held up as, or any system. So not to pick on Stuart, any system that's doing that is mm-hmm. being held up as they don't market like they used to. Right. Right. I'm sorry, Beckers, and I'm sorry, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to something that's going to yeah, be less controversial, huh? Except for kind of title: this. Should hospitals pay to promote a U.S. News and World Report award? Son yeah, less. Who set this agenda up, Katie? <laughs> are you just trying to like, increase my blood pressure? Less controversial. Uh-huh. This was a actually, I think, a very well done article mm-hmm. yeah, because it gives balanced um, opinions mm-hmm. on whether this works or not. Mm-hmm. 
And really, the, this is from Healthcare Communication News, so Reagan, uh, and it's done by Jessica Levko. And basically, the point is, you used to not have to pay for U.S. News um, to promote U.S. News. That's right, yeah. And now you do. And it's it's pretty controversial topic from the people I talk to because for a couple of reasons. One, you didn't used to have to, and now you do. So that's controversial. It's always controversial when you have to pay to promote awards mm-hmm. because then you really have to understand the value of those um, relative to what you're getting. Um, the other thing that's controversial about this particular situation that has come out in the article, but also I was aware of, is they, that they were charging people different prices, and it kind of came out. And it was a big stink. Interesting. Um, and they've they've actually tried to rationalize it in here, but from what I've heard through the grapevine on the street, however you want to put it, um, they didn't handle it very well. Here's here's the quote, and then the, the last part of this quote is going to make vomit come right up in your mouth. Based on our interviews, the prices seem to vary according to such factors of how many wards the hospital won, the number of hospitals in the system, and which licensing package a hospital buys. Boston Children's Hospital paid 40000 for its licensing agreement. University of Utah Healthcare, um, which did not purchase a licensing agreement, said they were asked to pay 30000 However, one hospital communicator who wished to remain anonymous, because you'll see why, said his hospital paid $230,000 for the ability to promote the U.S. news badge of for million. five of its hospitals. Quote, the way they, and there's a, there's a, a company that U.S. News hired to do this sure. called Right Media. The way they position the pricing is that it's based on the number of awards you won and the number of hospitals in your system. They originally came back to us with a, higher, a price higher <laughs> than 230000 but we said it was too high. Then they came back to us with the $230,000 price. To me, it says the prices are arbitrary. They are probably wheeling and dealing, trying to figure out how much they can get. Oh, totally. So I don't know if we want to get... I, mean, I think that's a really interesting component of this. Um, you have a number of people saying... So I'm in this article, I should say that... Um, Mm-hmm. saying what you would expect me to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have to elaborate. There are systems in here that say, hey, we find value in this, and there are other systems that say, no, we don't. Uh, it's interesting to note that the author has said that none of them, none of them, said that they were able to demonstrate the actual value right. return on it, which is understandable, really hard to isolate Oh, definitely. for that. I mean, there are ways you could try. Uh, so I, that's not a reason not to do it. There's lots of reasons not to do it. That's not necessarily one of them. So since U.S. News and World Report is now, you know, charging for the awards they're giving hospitals, is, are there any left that don't? Or does absolutely every single awards program now charge? Uh, no. I think um, Thomson Reuters, which is now Truvent, so they're the ones who do the 100 top or top mm-hmm. 100, whatever, whichever That costs it is. money. I don't think it costs money. Oh, really? No, I don't think okay. so. Now, I can be wrong. It hasn't in the past. Okay. Um, I think that they have ancillary services you can buy. Like if you want to be in the 100 top, they'll sell consulting. They'll help you figure out how to get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they do not charge you to okay. promote that. I, I could be wrong. Okay. But that's one of the more prominent ones that doesn't, mm-hmm. unless it's changed. Health grades we know does, right? And care checks and all the myriad there's so many that do. yeah there are so many made up ones <laughs> and i think that's a point in there too right that there's so many it's like if you want an award you're gonna you can get one you just gotta keep yeah 
I mean, the reasons find, are, find the one you're going to get. We can repeat the reasons real quickly. One, most of the people out there are not in the market for your services, so it's not a relevant message. Two, there are so many awards. Um, most people don't understand what they're for. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that even in the past I've said U.S. News stands above because yeah. people get U.S. News. They do. Um, and so it probably has a little more cachet built in. Um, but I shouldn't use the word cachet because I get ripped by somebody from U.S. News and will report for a quote in there where I say it has less cachet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I know the guy. I'm going to comment on that in a second. Um, what are other reasons? They change all the time. Mm-hmm. So you, you, were the, you were the best in 2011, but crickets for 2012. What does that mean? Yeah. Right. Um, there's just so many reasons. And again, it's not that I'm not going to come on and say you should never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, and, and we've got an article that we can probably find. It's two or three years old called the Battle of the Gold Stars um, that outlines why you really should avoid it or in the cases where um, it might be beneficial. Yeah. So I, I think I'm quoted in here saying it's a knee-jerk um, marketing tactic, and I still think it is. I think uh, and it's usually not marketers, unfortunately. It's usually physicians or C-suite people who have the knee-jerk mm-hmm. saying, oh, we won this. we got to buy it and promote it. I think it's a great thing. I mean, it's, it's obviously great to be to have the caliber of service that is award-winning. That is awesome, and that's something yes. that everybody should strive for. Yes. And I think that it, mm-hmm. I mean, especially internally, that's the kind of stuff that can really get employees pumped and be like, "This is have pride in what they do and know that they're doing a good job." You know, obviously that should come from many directions, not just winning awards. But um, you know, there's so there certainly is value in winning awards I don't, yeah. we, we're not we're not ripping on that it's using them as a marketing tactic to generate interest from consumers mm-hmm. which is yeah in most cases going to fall on deaf ears nobody's and, and and even if it doesn't fall on deaf ears who the hell is going to understand what what that message means or what those awards mean right yeah so um so here's a quote from avery Kamarau. avery is i actually met avery great guy Let's see if he's got his title in here somewhere uh, he is the health rankings editor for U.S. News. Uh, and the staff editor has directed Best Hospitals um, and all that since 1990. I met him at a national conference. Gosh, it must have been eight years ago. We were literally drinking like pina coladas by the pool and <laughs> met each other, hit it off, had dinner that night. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for him. And I remember something he said, and he may not have put it this way, but uh, I've paraphrased it since then because he – he was always flustered because he gets invited to speak at these mm-hmm. and people are like, how can we win this award? And he's like, why am I speaking to marketers? This isn't about yeah. anything marketers can do to win these awards. This is about the quality of your care. Um, and what, so what I always kind of took away from that was, and I've said this before, it's like the NRA, right? You know, I think this is even in my book or somewhere, you know, hospital awards aren't bad. Healthcare marketers that misuse hospital awards are bad. So mm-hmm. like guns don't kill people, people kill people. Kind of thing. <laughs> right. So I, I think Avery and I are actually on the same page. Um, mm-hmm. He has a multi-comment response to this. Uh, and he takes me to task. So let's read this one quote. And now the business question. I was intrigued and a little amused by Chris Bevelo's statement that, quote, U.S. News used to have more cachet when they didn't charge hospitals to use the awards. It was about ranking from a news standpoint. Okay. Translation. Before a, hospital, before, a hospital could promote its best hospital status in national and local media, paying the going rate for the display ads or airtime. The hospital would do this presumably because of the belief that it would increase referrals and otherwise contribute to the bottom line. U.S. News, much as I would like to think differently, 
It also is a business. Creating these rankings is quite expensive, involving several staff and an outside contractor. Isn't it just a little disingenuous to argue that hospitals should be able to use the product of this work for free to increase business while U.S. News eats the cost because the rankings are then untainted or have more cachet or however you care to put it? It's a convenient argument from the hospital side of the street. How that, that's how it strikes me anyway, but what do I know about marketing or business? We, I would assume as a reader that the point of our somebody with interest in business, that the point of doing these, that putting effort into doing anything for the publication is to create value for your readers. Yes. Not which sells, which is good for sells, your business. Sells, sells, sells right. allure to advertisers, sells yeah, subscriptions true. to readers, and that's why you do the things you do. I mean, this right. is extending the business model into a whole new mm-hmm. territory. Well, it's not continuing to do what, you, what you've done. Given there is no U.S. News and World Report anymore. There is no magazine anymore. Right, right. I mean, it's I remember, gone. I was an, I was an ad. I mean, what? <laughs> I and, and and I mean, I remember as like a, as a, like a kid going to the library in the high school, and you'd need to write a paper, and you would go, you'd pull out those little plastic holder things that yeah. had like issues of U.S. News and World Report, and you dig through as your references for things, yeah. you know. Right. And that, so that was like in the early '90s when it was still you know being published, and it was still a, something that was. I don't want to say relevant because I mean, I, I, what I mean, they still have this online thing and this digital yeah. subscription when it is clearly it's, it's timely news and it's relevant. So I'm not saying they're irrelevant, irrelevant, but I think in the grand scheme of things, us news and world report was kind of, at least to my knowledge, kind of late to the game in terms of getting online effectively in, 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 the, in, sure. in relation to other media outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. What, I think I think there is a, a risk of them, and they probably are growing. I'm, irrelevant is not, probably not the right word, but you know, the, getting getting there. His comment yeah. is: um, I understand that U.S. News and World Report has to make money, mm-hmm. and I think in the past they have seen these rankings as a way to lift themselves and separate themselves from Newsweek or Time, right? And I think that that worked for them, but it didn't work enough, obviously, along with many other things to keep their magazine in print, right? right. Um, mm-hmm. But the argument that, hey, this is a business and we should make money off of it is, is fine. That's HealthGrade's argument, right? But that's but, what HealthGrade does. What's that? That's what, but that's what they no, it's do. It's okay. If, if U.S. News and World Report wants to do that too, that's fine. My point is then we should all be clear about the potential problems with that. Right. Right. That's like consumer reports mm-hmm. charging people, right? Charging products to use the rankings that they get or right. whatever. Right. Now, all of a sudden, the public should know that. Right. Because yeah, I, I no longer trust that this is just done from a news standpoint. Right. Because you have something to gain mm-hmm. from it. And, you know, what's to keep you from slipping some awards to people that can that pay you $230,000. Otherwise you go out of business. Of course, I don't think they're doing that. Right. But all you need is the, right. the opportunity to do that for people to go, well, there's a, there's an additional motive here. So mm-hmm. I, I understand what he's saying, but it doesn't change the dynamic that you are now charging for something, which changes the value of that something. It should in the public's mind. And for, you know, that's all separate from all the reasons we gave in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, no, I agree. it's, it's his responses are, you know, he's, he knows his stuff. This is, this is about real quality. And to your point earlier, Adam, 
if you if you are recognized by U.S. News, I'm sure. I don't know the details, but I'm sure I, I, I would state my career on it's that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Right. You've done something good. Just like health grades is reflective of Medicare information. 100 top is you know those are awards mean something. There are awards that I'm not sure mean anything. Oh, totally. Or just repackaging information that's already out there and selling it to you as an award. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's different than using this as a tool to mm-hmm. promote yourself. Right. So I haven't decided whether to respond to Avery. Um, yeah, I haven't. Well, you just did. Well, you just did, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but in the comments where he can actually respond back, it's not really fair. Yeah. Say, hey, listen to this. At, no, uh, I, at, I mean, at, I'll, I'll just... At 28.30. I'm not even going to argue with him. I think he's he's a super smart guy, and... Um, I think there there is a difference though between what they were doing and what they're doing now, oh, which definitely. is part of why this article's in. All right, how are we doing on time? Because we got one more thing we're baffled by. <laughs> Bafflement of the week. <laughs> Bafflement of the week. Baffle me. I don't even know what's Do we have? Do we have like that. three minutes? Sure. Okay. Let's put it on the table. All right. LinkedIn endorsements. LinkedIn endorsements because I saw one come through today and I, What's I'm that? confused about what all goes into it and what does it mean exactly and it's weird. I, I think it's um, there's some makes me feel dirty. Yeah, and there's some bizarre <laughs> endorsements. Like when when I've been in there, I've seen like like you guys pop up there and like. Will you endorse Chris for advertising? And I'm what do you like, do? Right? Just click a button and then it, yes. you're endorsed? Yeah, so you, you don't just, have to say anything? You can anything? just sit there and keep on clicking and a new one will pop up in its place from your network. Oh, and will you endorse weird. this person for e-newsletters? Will you endorse this person right. for gardening? Will you endorse this person for nude kickboxing? I'm like, sure, I suppose. So they don't have to really do anything besides just... No. Oh, well, I thought maybe they like wrote something about you. That just totally... That was, well, they still have that. Well, that person will be notified that you endorsed them. Yes. And it'll show up in their little list of endorsements, which is like a meter or something right. that gives you like some kind of grading. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to like incentivize them then to endorse you for things, thus sure. creating this symbiotic circle of LinkedIn organicness of everybody like endorsing engaging each other? in this massive circle jerk. Massive circle of endorsements. <laughs> Endorsement jerk? <laughs> endorsement jerk. But well, I, it's just bizarre. I mean, it, it's. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't it, like it either. What do you it, think? I think the purpose is just to keep people continuing engaged in LinkedIn. Right. Right. right? That's why they did oh, it. Oh, totally. Um, but for the reasons many of which you just stated, I find no value in it because right. it's so easy to do. I also mm-hmm. imagine, though I haven't seen this, I imagine people that are out of work and trying to network that somebody out there, probably multiple somebodies, is saying, here's a strategy. Right. Find the people that you think are influential or could give you a job and endorse them. Right. Oh, they totally. will then see you. You've done them a favor and they will be more likely to either A, endorse you back or, mm-hmm. you know, we'll reach back out to you. Or maybe that's a strategy to build your own endorsements Yeah, is by endorsing a bunch of people so they feel obligated to endorse you back. And well, I don't and even that- know where... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll I was going to say, I don't even know where the hell it's pulling like some of the terms from that it's asking you to endorse from. It's, it's got to be from... Make a profile. Yeah, I mean, it would probably from your profile. Because like, for me, one time, somebody endorsed me for like CSS or something. And it's like, what? How do you somebody endorsed so- me for graphic design. I'm like, this is, this is why this fails. <laughs> and, yeah, and you like, don't can even I get know rid me of this? if you think I do graphic design. <laughs> I mean, I certainly should be endorsed for CSS, but it's a weird thing to have on, the, on my profile. So I've got a notification that the same person has endorsed me about 10 times, and I can't tell if they just keep endorsing, endorsing me, me or if they just want to keep letting you know that maybe five months ago this person has endorsed you. But he's always no. popping up in my... The, it should only happen once, but what may be happening is he's endorsing you for different things. Oh, joy. Yeah. So you can go look at your endorsements <laughs> to find out. Yeah. Okay. 
then you can see who's endorsed you for what. That'll, and so I, I don't know. I just the other thing about it is it 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 just encourages this again, kind of this like race for. There's a great article yeah. I should we should post this from Atlantic called the the narcissism epidemic, <laughs> and oh. it's driven by social media, and it's mm-hmm. just yeah. like that. Like yeah. I gotta get some more endorsements. Yeah. I gotta have more endorsements yeah. than you. I gotta have more likes than you. I gotta raise oh, my clout I score. Gotta mentality. raise my clout score, and yeah. it just oh it makes me want to. Yeah, I hate it. Well, I have to read that article. I have a couple other really gripes, too, it. about LinkedIn that it's maddening. Um, well, first, one, one that's maddening is I can't figure out how the hell to like, unsubscribe. If, you've, if you're linked to somebody, how to like, unsubscribe from their general feed. Like, so I get like, there's like a photographer, for example, who's constantly posting like blog updates to LinkedIn, and I can't not get them because we're connected. <laughs> I don't want like, to like, disconnect from him because it's like he's not <laughs> yeah, bad, and I might want right. to you know, reach out to him someday. But I also don't want his crap floating into, into my feet you, all the time. You like can't, that. You, you don't want fecal matter floating. I don't want his fecal matter in my <laughs> You can't go in somewhere like into his profile and block I his. haven't, maybe I can. Is this not intuitive to do it? I mean, if I can't figure that out, that's bad. Um, I can't say I spent, I spent a ton of time trying to figure it out either. The other thing that's creepy, and Katie and I were talking about this the other day, is the whole, you, you don't want to click on anybody anymore in there because it's- No, because they know you've looked now at they them. Now they know, right. especially if they pay the premium fee or whatever, yeah. you, you know more and more about who's been looking at you. I don't I click know. on anybody in there because I don't want anybody to- well, I mean, it's one thing like in an, in an app like Path where it's all about having a nice, very close circle of friends. And when somebody views your profile totally. you kind of, or stop by your thing, you want it, you know, that's, that's good to know. It's like your friend, your brother stopped by, right. you know, technically. It, but on here, it's like- you don't know what somebody's yeah. motivation is for stopping by your LinkedIn profile. It's, or... it's like Facebook. I don't want people knowing I'm looking at their business on Facebook right. either. Yeah. I prefer to face stock in silence <laughs> <laughs> anonymously. Yeah, that's a key part of Facebook. Facebook would break down if that happened. Yeah, totally. Because totally Facebook wants that. Facebook wants mm-hmm. you exploring and interacting with other people. Um, yeah, I've always found that odd, though I'll tell you, and when I go to LinkedIn, every day I check who looked at me. Yeah, well, it's can't, intriguing. Can't, which yeah. is narcissism right there. I just fed that stupid <laughs> epidemic. But, but, but from a business perspective, I'm like, especially if it's a prospect or something like yeah. that, I want to know. I mean, I don't reach back. I don't ever communicate to them. Right. But it's good to know if a VP of some system went to my profile or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, but I don't know. I'm with you. It's kind of creepy. But it makes you never want to click on anyone's. <laughs> I only click on people when I'm okay that they know that I clicked on them. Right. 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 The problem is when I get an invitation and then I don't know who the person is and right. then I have to click on their profile to see who and they are. don't yep. accept it. And then I don't accept it. <laughs> That's right. I never thought of that. Damn. Oh, Lord. Oh, the intricacies of yes, LinkedIn. Of, uh, being socially appropriate in the yeah. modern age. All right. Well, we better close down shop here. Yep. We're running right. pretty long. Missed it. All right. For, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> thank you. For this week's episode of Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Retackle, and Adam Meyer. See you next time. <laughs>